our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Startup, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure startup because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. How are we? We are good. Peep our new name change. Do you like it, Girls That Startup? I do. I know... Like what it's about. What does that mean? Like, you know, with a name, but you know, like, oh, this is about girls that start up. This is about girls that start. This is about girls that are at the beginning journeys of Mm -hmm. creating their businesses. I'll be honest, girls that business, I didn't like it. Did you? I didn't not like it. Like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) I think it was neither here nor there. Like, I didn't think there was particularly a problem with it, maybe like you did. But I love Girls That Start Up too. I just feel like Girls That Business gave me like 2012 girl boss energy, like boss babe energy. And I don't know, I think I'm past that stage of my life. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like when you pointed out like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Whereas, yeah, we're moving on from girl boss. We're moving on. It's happened. It was a thing. Outdated. It's a little outdated. It's a little bit millennial. And even though we are like on the cusp of, I don't know, girls at startup just seems more fresh, more exciting. I think creating a startup is something that I would keep telling myself and telling others when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I have a startup called Girls That Invest. And that just made me feel a certain kind of way versus being like, I've got a business called Girls That Invest. And they'd be like, is that a big business? Is that a small business? How long has it been going for? Startup tells you everything you need to know. You're going to stop asking me questions and I'm happy. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's fresh. It's inviting. It's very inviting. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Also, so, so, so sorry to our editor, Sam, who's going to have to go back and re-edit all the introductions and call it Girls That Start Up. So sorry to Kara, <laughs> our VA, who's going to have to change all the titles. And I'm just so sorry to myself for having to now go back and just change all the like graphics. I just... I need to stop mm. being so – well, no, I take it back. I think on one hand I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Like we're moving things around and people are getting affected when it was just me and my business. If I wanted to change something's name, it affected me. 
and Mm. no one else. And I think as your business grows, you start to worry and be like, if I do a rebrand of something, I'm going to bother like three other people. Should I just not do the rebrand? Yeah, I feel that. Hey, recovering people pleaser. I feel that. Recovering? Oh, she is no longer a people pleaser. She has all of the tools to move within that discomfort and to speak up for herself and speak her mind. Oh my God. Did you go to therapy? That's very therapy speak. I honestly know literally an hour ago, I was talking to my tiny, talking to Julian about how I don't need to because I have these life experiences (laughs) (laughs) that I go through that have helped me build up my kete, my basket of mātauranga of knowledge to help me to to be equipped for these situations. So just life, honey. Maya's like, I got this free thing <laughs> called the School of Hard Knocks. On it, no, I'm not kidding. It's been a month of speaking up for myself and it's been good. I'm very, very proud of you. Now on the topic of speaking up for yourself and doing things that you are proud of, I was doing a business consulting session today with a lovely lady from the US. She's starting her company and one of the things that she brought up with me that I thought would actually be a good episode is she said, how do you deal with the fear and the shame that's associated with putting yourself up online because yes, in general, it's kind of cringy and scary to put your face on social media to make videos, but it's even harder when you come from like a certain background, especially like immigrants. Me and her are South Asian, but it doesn't just apply to South Asians. It applies to anyone that just has, you know, a very tight knit community or family or school or even workplace It is so difficult to be a creator and to jump over the fear of getting started, which is often the fear of what will people say? Do you know Patricia Bright? No, it sounds like I should. So she is an amazing creator in the UK. She has like millions of followers. She is a really big YouTuber turned entrepreneur and like fantastic. And I remember in her YouTube journey, she shared that when she started it, it was like the secret. And when someone at her workplace brought up like, hey, is this your YouTube channel? She just shut it down. She just deleted everything. It was so embarrassing to her. And eventually she got over that hurdle and continued. But, you know, now she's like a multimillionaire because of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Everyone starts with shame, but I want to talk about how We manage it so that by the end of this episode, if that is what's holding you back, that is one less reason to be worried. So let's let's get into the questions, Maya. Yes, I love it, Sim. And it's also a co-papa, a topic that I think isn't explored as often as it should be, especially around creating content online. Like I think there's a certain kind of stigma or a negative opinion about like an influencer or a YouTuber. Yeah. So it's cool that we're diving into it. Why do you think people feel shame around this, Sim? I think people feel shame around creating an online space just because it's just not normal, right? Like humans don't do this. We wake up and we work hard and we hustle and we put food on the table and we fall in love and we have children. I don't know. Like I think there's like a set way that society expects us to be like, you know, grow up, get married, have a child, raise a family, 
go on holiday once a year for two weeks and that should just be life. And anything Mm. that diverges away from that is abnormal. Even quitting your job and starting a business is abnormal. Not going to university is seen as abnormal in some cultures and communities, not getting married or not having children, like everything Mm -hmm. that you do that's slightly against the, you know, set path, people are uncomfortable with it and they will tell you. Like people don't say, oh, my God, she doesn't want to have a child. That's totally okay. They will come up to you and they will be like, (laughs) but it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Why do you not want to do it? Yeah. They think there's something wrong with you because you're like, why would you want to break the system? Like the system works for a reason. And like if you decide you don't want to go to university, like Sonia dropped out of uni, I think after one year or two years and – her family were fine with it. We were all fine with it. But I remember her mentioning like there were distant people just being like, oh, what do you mean you don't want to go to university and spend four years doing something that you don't like to do a job that like isn't even related to your degree? Like the girl's thriving now. Yeah. Oh, thriving. Forbes 30 under 30 didn't need a uni degree for it. There you go. <laughs> That's what you need to say, sis. <laughs> that will do it. But You know, like people always have comments, even like myself, when I quit being an optometrist, people Mm. were like, why would you do that? Like, that's such a stable career. Did you have something that you did that you moved away from that people were like, why would you do that? I'm like a little bit of a hippie. I'm a lot of bit of a hippie. (laughs) And so (laughs) I kind of try to beat to my own drum and try not to let other people's opinions impact what I want to do and what is good for me. And so I think it's similar to a lot of those traditional things, like from as small as I remember when I first moved to Tamaki, when I first moved to Auckland from a small kind of like coastal town in Aotearoa in New Zealand. And I was in Auckland, concrete jungle in the middle of the city. And I was wearing like really big, bright color f- colors, like so bright. Everyone else was wearing like black and grays and things. And even then I felt like people staring at me in a type of way and all of these things. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit uncomfortable. But what is worse for me is dressing in boring black colors or gray things when that doesn't like make me feel good man (laughs) and so from like something as little as to what I'm dressing to again like traditional things getting married having kids like you know the usual you're in a relationship okay when are you getting married okay you're married when are you gonna have kids I think somewhere in the age where people are really like okay it's not a surprise prize if we have kids now it's almost kind of like expected that you're like okay settle down now yeah why would you travel why would you move around why would you do other degrees like have a child yeah there is nothing wrong with that for people who do want that but yeah a lot of those traditional roles it just doesn't work and so I think to answer your question we all have things in our life that are slightly deviant now I think there's also ranges of them, like not going to university or not having children mm-hmm. or not getting married. They're like odd things, but they're not crazy things. I think society's starting to like slowly accept it. But to put your face online and to make a TikTok mm-hmm. video, that is so out of the ordinary of what you see or expect of yourself and the people around you that I think it's just a confusing shock factor. 
but that doesn't mean that it's okay for the way that people react. I think that's their own journey. And I, you know, mm. you shouldn't be negative towards someone that wants to share their life online, but it's just so uncomfortable. I think for the average person, when they see someone they know doing that, that the only way that they are mentally mature enough to respond is to make fun of you. Oh, a hundred percent, especially in the humor culture in Aotearoa, you just take the piss out of someone. And it's like, you know, a lot of our listeners like are from the States. It's the same. You know it's the Roast. same. Like yeah. <laughs> everyone roasts you. It's just so like weirdly expected and accepted. But I think that's where it comes from. People what's the word? When they see something and they're uncomfortable, rather than sitting with that feeling and going, why does it make me feel weird to see so-and-so thrive online or create content online? Instead of sitting with that and absorbing that and going, hey, this is cool. Like she's showing skills like confidence. She's showing skills like creativity. She is developing as a person. She is growing her business, like good for her. They just say, oh my God, Jessica is making TikToks. How cringy. Yeah. Like literally. And that's why it's important to have this episode to be able to move that shame into empowerment and for people to sit with their discomfort. If you don't like it, just they're not forcing you to to do it. So just like stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Sim, have you experienced shame for being an online content creator? Because you have, when did you start the Indian Feminist? How old were you? I started it in like, two, I want to say 2015 or 16. Mm, that was... Shameful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to, that was not common. No. So I started that and I remember, I just remember one scene where I was sitting at university and at this point, the Indian Feminist, my first business, for those that don't know, it was a, a social enterprise. And I remember people like sitting around, uh, we were having lunch and it was at university and someone was like, oh, like, what's this thing that you do? And I was like, oh, I run this Instagram account. And they were like, what is it called? And I said, the Indian feminist. And it was the most awkward silence I have ever experienced in my life. And I wanted to like crawl into the hole Mm. under me. I wanted to just be like, I have to leave. I'm so, I apologize for existing. Yeah. And I can't relate, but I can imagine how you would have felt, especially back then. It was not common the way that it is now. I think it's less cringe. It's more like people like, okay, cool. You're starting an Instagram. You're starting a TikTok. All right, then people might make fun of you for like what you record and things like that, but it's not uncommon the way that it would have been then and it was such a like you know controversial topic I don't think like now Mm. I think feminism I think Barbie has really helped feminism I think feminism (laughs) is like so much more normalized but back then I'll be honest 2015 it wasn't a popular word we used to call Mm -mm. it the f word like the big f word yeah it really wasn't like even uh, oh that was eight years ago not me trying to math (laughs) so yeah that was what my first experience was and even with girls that invest I remember like I had put up a TikTok and one of my we have like a very wide family group chat so we've got like my immediate family group chat and then we have one that's like the all the relatives and everywhere and one of my relatives just put a TikTok that I had made into the family group chat No. no context no like hey this is awesome or what is Simran doing just like dropped it and mm. left 
I'm feeling secondhand embarrassment. I like, what do you do? What did you do? I don't remember. I think I just felt really awkward. And I think the peace sign up. (laughs) I think my parents were just like, oh, yeah, like good on you, Simran. Or just like something like supportive. Like, like, go, sweetie. I was like, thanks, because I want to die. Yeah. And so (laughs) how did you deal with it then? being so fresh in that shame and how do you deal with it now (laughs) so fresh in that shame because this will be so helpful even I find myself like if I'm even just on Instagram and I'm like oh my gosh why are you talking (laughs) (laughs) I think what was really helpful was that I, I tried to remind myself the net of what I'm doing is net positive so yes like 80% of this is going to be really helpful and 20% of this is going to be really cringy. So the people that don't know me are commenting things like, this is really helpful, thank you, or this is really inspiring, thank you, or I really enjoyed this video, thank you for making it. And so I'm getting a lot of that, even if it's like one or two people. And so for the odd person that actually knows me, for their negative comments or their negative experiences, I didn't mind that as much because I was like, yeah, well, if the people I know are uncomfortable about it, that's fine because the people that don't know me are really enjoying it and the people that don't know me are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, like I just had such a strong, strong belief and I think it helped because I knew that I had grown the Indian feminist and I had seen that I had it within me to grow something to be like quite a large platform. I think Mm -hmm. when you have belief in yourself that you can do something and the end goal is going to be worth it, it's a lot easier to block out the noise. But if you believe something about yourself, like if someone says to you, Maya, you have blue hair, you're going to be like, oh, you're just going to brush it off because you don't have blue hair. If someone says, hey, Maya, your well-being with Maya content is cringy. If you know it's not cringy and you know it's helpful and you know you're putting out good work, you're not going to care as much, but if you deep down don't like your content, if you deep down think it's cringy, it's going to get to you more. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Because mm, you start to, I guess that's when imposter syndrome can kind of come and you start to believe those like negative thoughts. I like what you're saying. It's almost like you're taking the power back because you can't control what other people think or say or perceive whatever you're doing, but you can control what 
how you react to it, how you treat it. And so taking that power back is really important. Do you have any other tips or tools that you have developed over time because you've been doing this for a very long time to help you build your confidence and to feel less embarrassed? I think one really helpful thing that helped me build my confidence was taking a screenshot or just saving every single positive comment that we got because I remember when I would get really nervous I would just be like oh my god what am I doing this is so embarrassing this is so Mm -hmm. like ah like I can't do it I remember I felt really really cringy and embarrassed before I did an Instagram live with Vogue India and I was like who am I like this was we were so young back then we had just gotten started Girls That Invest was not even a year old at this point Mm -hmm. which was fantastic like you know instead of looking at it like we got into Vogue less than a year into doing what we do like Mm -hmm. look at us it was a like oh my god who do we think we are and I think two things have really helped me constantly reading positive feedback. Even if it's like one message that you got that was really nice, that's still one person you've really helped. And so for me, we got one message that said, thank you for not being the generic male voice. You were just the voice I needed. I wrote that message out and I stuck it in front of my desk. And every day when I was at home in my flat in Hamilton, I would just look at that while I was working away and feeling cringy because I was like, well, yes, this feels uncomfortable and cringy, but I've I've helped one person and that's really impactful. And we let the negative comments really stick on us, but we let the positive comments just like flow off us like Teflon. We're like, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Let's try and focus more on the positive and just read them every single day so that they have just as much weight, if not more weight than the negative. So that was the first step. Step Mm -hmm. number two to getting better with not feeling so worried about being cringe is Go and look at the person that you are really inspired by, the creator that you look up to, and go see if you can find, especially if they're a YouTuber, go find their first YouTube video, go find their first podcast, go find their first Instagram post. For us, our first Instagram post is still up. Our first podcast (laughs) is still up. If you go and look at what those looked like and sounded like, It's horrendous, but we started with something and the only way that your favorite creators got better is by putting up cringy stuff and then slowly getting more confident and improving. So if everyone starts that way, you're going to be okay. So there is a really famous personal finance creator. He got a Netflix show called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. His name is Ramit Sethi. He's got the book I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Like he is Mm -hmm. on like a victory lap right now. Mm -hmm. If you go and find his YouTube channel and sort by like oldest to newest, there are some like real basic recorded on a potato phone, (laughs) like just what is he talking about? What's going on? Mm-hmm. These videos are from 13 years ago. Wow. YouTube 13 years ago is when he started. And I mean, if I saw that and I was his friend, I'd be like, hey, man, don't quit your Dude. day job. Yeah. <laughs> and now he is like one of the world's most well-known personal finance creators. He has a Netflix show. Like mm. it's he's got a New York Times bestseller and it took him 13 years to get here. 
that is really helpful, Sim, because even like there are stages to it. Like the, the first part I resonate so much with even a few weeks ago, I was feeling like a little bit down and just kind of feeling a little bit lost. And I was cleaning my room and I found a poster from an exercise from this Maori leadership program that I was a part of last year. And I haven't looked at it since about a year ago. And it's all in colorful markers of just like beautiful messages that other people have written about me. It was an exercise. And I was just like, it instantly made me feel so much better. I put it in my wardrobe where I could see it. Even it was just folded up and I saw like two comments and it honestly brightened my day. Like it lifted my mood. And that is just so powerful. Even just one person or two people can be enough to get you to push through, to bite your lip, do the cringe, keep doing it. And I think something that you said recently, Sim, like done is better than perfection. Yes. Because I find this often with things. I'm like, I want it to, I think especially with creative things that I'm like passionate about. I'm like, no, no, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's never going to be ready if you don't do anything. (laughs) It won't. That's all right. That's so true. And look, it just... There is no silver bullet. I don't think Mm -hmm. I can tell you something that is going to make you not feel cringy because I promise you it will be cringy. Like, let's just embrace the cringe. Let's embrace that it's going to be bad. Let's embrace that your lighting is going to be off. Your audio will suck. There will be typos if you're anything like me and your captions. (laughs) The hashtags will be like, Jesus Christ, Simran, like, calm down. And it won't look great, but like, you know what the difference between you posting a cringy video and you not is, is that you're brave and being brave is a skill that will take you so much further. Like let's focus on the bravery of posting, not the cringiness, because that is a lifelong skill that you will be so thankful that you started developing today as opposed to being safe because being safe has never made someone millions of dollars. Being safe has never made someone that company that they always wanted. Being safe has never turned someone into the creator that they are. It's the bravery that's going to get you there. And if it makes you a little bit cringe, I don't mind paying a bit of cringe to live the life I want 10 years later. Mm, That's perfect. Sim. (laughs) And that is, yeah, just a really good little takeaway to shift your mindset from being cringe to being brave. With your business, Wellbeing with Maya, what do you think is stopping you from posting more? Because I've noticed that you've made the Instagram. I noticed that Mm -hmm. the TikTok is there. Is any part of it still the cringe? And if so, has it like, has this episode helped remove a little bit of that? The cringe more so comes from. I haven't reached the cringe yet, Mm -hmm. but for me with creating stuff, like I've got these posts on like Canva, I have like drafts and content and things like that, but it's more so like perfecting it. I'm doing the bunny ears Mm -hmm. for it to be aesthetically what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. I see. And that's like, I'm, I'm stuck and literally I spent the entire weekend trying to like be happy with like my product that I'm producing or whatever to get it to be pretty. And so I'm stuck in that, I guess, perfection phase. I 
am going to show you after this episode the first Girls That Invest post that -hmm. was ever made. And I'm going to show it to you and I'm going to ask you, would you have posted this? Because your answer I know would have been no, because it is so bad. It is so ugly. It is like grainy. It's like, and it's got Canva, you know, those Canva like faceless women with the hair, the like feminist faceless woman. It's like, oh yes. It's got that kind of artwork on it. It's all different shades of orange or like peach. Oh yeah. There's no different colors. It's just peach, like light peach, dark peach. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's a train wreck, but you've just got to put it out there and then Mm -hmm. you'll get better with time. Okay. I will posts something tomorrow please I actually have like I have stuff I'm just like it's just not right it will never be right you just gotta try okay sorry now now I'm just bullying Maya on here no no but please do show me the post it it will make me feel better and it will kick my a into g for when I do feel that cringe or that embarrassment when I post something tomorrow let me show you Maya the photo so guys you're gonna get Maya's actual reaction this was Mm -hmm. my first ever post for girls that invest Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I did. I to. Okay. It's doing what it needs to do. It is bad. It is so bad. I love you, but like. So it is a peach background and then mm-hmm. dark peach writing up the top, girls that invest. And then in like big writing, Kiwi Saver, can I retire a millionaire? And then a big question mark <laughs> in the middle of all that text. And then a random faceless, like, a dark-skinned woman with an afro to the side of one side of the screen and then the Girls That Invest logo to the other side of the screen. Just because, you know, saying Girls That Invest on the top of it wasn't enough. Yep. She's also wearing a red dress on top of the peach background. Oh, no, it, it's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I cannot stress to you how bad. That did make me feel better. I'll show you one. I thought this was amazing. I was really proud of this one. That's not bad. Mm, I would never do that again. Yeah, no. But like, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's better than the previous one, but it's definitely something that you wouldn't post now. Even our cover art for Girls That Invest. Like, I look at it today and I'm like, that's disgusting. But I didn't <laughs> spend more than five minutes on it because I was like, I'd rather just get into making the content than like humming and hawing and umming and eyeing. I have Glenn James from My Millennial Money sometimes give me. A little bit of crap for our like intro song, like the Girls That Invest intro song. Again, I spent five minutes choosing it. I was like, this is good enough. (laughs) It does the trick. And that actually was very motivating, Sim. Thank you so much. It does make me feel better. Guys, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. So overall, summary of this episode, if you are worried about being cringy or the shame of being an online creator, or you're worried about what people will say, I'm here to tell you, yes, they will judge you. Yes, they will make you feel uncomfortable. They will say things to your face and behind your back. If you're like me, they'll put it in a family group chat. (laughs) And that's okay because... You're going to help so many more people than the five people in your hometown that think you're being cringe. And if the payment for having the life that you want and the dream business that you want is being a little bit cringy for the first year, that's a fair trade-off. Yeah. 
so i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please take a screenshot share it on your instagram tag girls that invest we love spreading the message we have all our links down in the show notes if you want to find out more and we'll see you next week Kakite. bye and as always to finish off with our disclaimer Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.